Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,421. Today, we're going to get a little creative, actually a lot creative, with something rather unique. So be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in, well, guess where I am? I'm in Nottingham in the United Kingdom with a very special guest by the name of John Cassidy. John, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am ready to go, rolling to go. There you go. I love it. So before I introduce you and we dive into this very creative field or practice or the creativity that you have in poetry into what you do, I'm going to ask you a question I like to ask all my guests, and it kind of sets the tone for who you are. What's one little thing that people don't know about you, John? Uh, there's the one little thing that people don't say that one people didn't know is they still didn't know I could act. So where did the acting come from? Was this drama classes back when you were in school or in university or something new that came along in your life? It's quite amazing. It's because of the experience I had, which we unfold in this interview. At school, the only bit of drama, if I was Annie, at the age of six in the school nativity, I was Joseph. Okay, there you go. Only bit of acting. So I had this hidden desire to act. That wasn't even conscious, even I didn't even know about. It's just been stewing back there in your mind. It was hiding there. It wasn't even telling me. And it was waiting for that moment where it wanted to explode to be noticed and say, I'm here. And, and even that has totally amazed me. The only bit of training I had was my mother at age 11. She sent me off on a Saturday morning. The, the nuns at the, the school I was at, where they had an elocution lesson. And so for a year, I had elocution. So that, that helped me to speak properly, as my mother didn't want me to be speaking like the local Kent accent. So he talking like I came from London <laughs> and talking like that. So that was the only bit I had. And one of the things about doing the elocution was he had to stand up in the front of the class. He had no fear of a crowd because you were taught how to deal with crowds and you read poetry and that was where I got my passion and interest in poetry was from the age 11. Well you listeners are going to see how this all ties together in just a moment but that's why I like to ask that question so allow me to give you a bit of a proper educate education you already have that a proper introduction so here we go. John Cassidy got his life's calling just five years ago. He decided to work in a car dealership, and that changed the direction of his life. A chance conversation with a colleague who admired his poetry and asked him to write something about a car showroom. Uh, at his desk, he wrote Showroom Wonder, copy spread like wildfire across the Midlands, UK, earning the label The Motor Trade a Poem, I should say. 
that was loved and recited by car sales and staff everywhere. A year later, he arranged to recite his poems to his former buddies in the sales office, and a chain of coincidences led to that being upgraded to a full showroom. Uh, that day in history was made, delivering a performance of poetry, and of course, it went viral across 200 sites in the Motor Group. That day, his hidden talents that those nuns maybe nudged him into uh, as an actor and performer launched him as the car showroom performance poet. I told you guys at the beginning of this, this is going to be a little unique and a little different. Let's take a short break for our sponsors first and give them a little love, and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, John, this is quite interesting. So what I would love for you to do is kind of take us back and bring us up to how we got to this point. Because when you first reached out to me, you said, hey, I'm the car showroom performance poet. And I went, what? What's that? I've never heard of this. And then as you explained a little bit more, I said, you know what? This is quite interesting because it's a guy who maybe wasn't quite a car guy, but has become a car guy, but then has brought this passion for performing and poetry into the field of cars. Who has ever done that? I don't know anybody. I mean, after 2,420 guests on this show, I've never found someone like you, John. So take it away. Kind of tell us how we got to this point, and then we'll dive into what you're doing. Yes, it, it, it was all, um, yes. So November five years ago, I showed my colleague a poem I had on my LinkedIn, and she said, that is really good. Can you write something about the car showroom. And that was my first commission that I had to write a piece of poetry which wasn't about love, abandonment, trees, nature, or about me and loss. I was actually writing about a place where I worked. Okay. Uh, and I had to rise to that challenge. So all I knew was the process of selling a car, which, I, which was the job I was doing, the observations of the other guys selling cars, and me observing the car 
customers' emotions and of families coming in as they went through the process of buying a car. So I've seen that whole journey. The only um, structure which I had to, to, to write my poem was the seven-step car sales process, which is used widely in the UK, I believe in the US as well. So it goes from your meet and greet, your part exchange, the handover, presentation of offer, the seven-day follow-up call, etc. So that is probably ingrained into the mind of car sales executives the world over. Sure. So essentially what I had created was the emotional journey of the customer in coming to buy a car. And I wrote into my A4 pad, I just wrote the title, Showroom Wonder, and then it came, I write the first line, oh, alas, oh, there's a problem, the oil splutters, uh, then the wife mutters, damn you, that rhymes. And then it was going, <laughs> and then the next line then come, and then it came, I was then thinking about the next part in the sales process. So in the choice of my lines, I took two lines out of popular culture, and I made them uniquely my own. So the first line that you might stand up with is, um, where I taken up, you're standing like a child in the candy store. You know, you're excited. That's a popular phrase. Right. Well, I thought I can't use that. I've got to use my own. So I came up with standing in wonderment at cars, bright candy, childlike and excitable. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I can relate. I came up with that one uh, to explain what was going on with the, the customer. And then I used the phrase when the salesman really got the customer involved, they wanted to touch the car. Uh, I was reminded of the little label phrases I saw in souvenir, souvenir shops and china shops I saw in England or, or, uh, or tourist places where it was telling children not to touch the china if it broke. You know, they like to touch things and break them in those little souvenir shops. And they're little, they saw all those label signs said, touch if you must, pay if you bust. <laughs> okay. um, and I took, I took my own one with the car, touch if you must, put drive into front. <laughs> so you're taking all these elements of the car purchase and putting them into prose, if you will, so that people can relate from that enthusiasm and that experience, which for many of us is very exciting. Now, sometimes car dealerships make it not so exciting uh, when you get into the negotiation part and so forth. Is there anything that relates to that part of the experience? Yes, there is, because you got the sales process. Your viewers probably like, might be interested in obviously seeing the poem. If they Google my name, John Cassidy, and Showroom Wonder on Google, it will come up my LinkedIn where you will be able to see the text of Showroom Wonder. Um, plus, on my, I have switched on today, which is my on the YouTube. I also have the video footage of me reciting it, if you actually want to then hear the full recital. Um, I did cover it, and I'll probably show you the mastery of the language in the description there. Okay. The customer, the, the customer does get the feeling that they want to buy the car. They do the test drive, and they are feeling, you know what, they want to commit to it. They're going to buy it, yes. Even a salesman might say to you, you know, putting figures aside today, would you buy the car? They do the trial close. And they think about getting that bit of commitment before they come in. Now, the customer come, gets out of the car, and they're going to walk into that dealership. And you're going to think, where is that customer? And I come with the line, bethinks I'm off. 
alas, deliver to an offer sweetly wrapped. And what that is, is communicating is the customer thinking, I've got a doctor's appointment. The wife is ill. I've not committed to spending all this money on the car. I don't really want to do it. I've got to do a runner. So before the customer does a runner, you've got to get the, the offer in front of them to get the customer excited. So you haven't them, you haven't had the business manager saying, well, where's that customer gone? Oh, they've done a runner. <laughs> I thought you were selling a car today. So it was that, get that, that one. And then you present the offer to the customer. And this is where the moment where the car is sold, where I come in the description of the showroom wonder, which is fears fade, dreams erupt with eternal newness. <laughs> I love it. It means that all fears over the money, the fears that may be fixed out of a car, fade away. So that in their mind, the dreams erupt and the dreams become greater than the fears. And that that moment when the dreams are greater than the fears, they can smell the new car feeling and they are have it there and now they want it. Now, the opposite where the customer doesn't buy the car, those lines really would be dreams fade. Fears erupt with eternal no thank you now. <laughs> eternal no thank you <laughs> Yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm going to find the car somewhere else. You haven't got the clothes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I told you listeners at the very beginning this was going to be different and unique, and it definitely is. But I would encourage you, and I'll put links on Sean's show notes page so you can go You can go to his LinkedIn, you can go to his website, or I guess it's a YouTube page. Is that right? It's a YouTube page. I haven't got a website. So you've, got, you've got my own LinkedIn, and if, if people um, friend request me, well, that'll increase my number of connections. That's, that's welcome. I do have some of my other bits of poetry, some of which are not car-related, which are there published, which you can view. I think I did send you one of my poems, a sculpture of magnificence, to give you an example of the stuff that I was writing privately well before I worked in the car industry. Sure, exactly. Um, at, and, and me, obviously, as the writer, I'm always interested on the impression of somebody who has encountered, who has now, you've seen the full text of Showroom Wonder, of what impression it left on you. Right, exactly. You know, I want to go backwards a little bit. We'll put it in reverse because you and I had a nice little chat before we started the show. Yes. And you told me a little bit of your background that wasn't really car related. And you said, I wasn't really much of a car guy. It was just a car was the thing to get me from A to B. But it seems like things have changed. Yes, it was. I was literally just your normal run-of-the-mill guy that just drove cars into the ground. They got me to A to B. I, I never got excited about burning rubber and petrol. That was other people's passions and interests. Mine was just going on. It was that transformation happened while I was working in a car dealership that, that developed that passion. And what do you think it is that created that development? Was it seeing the passion that customers have who come in for cars? Yes, I saw the, I saw the whole passion of the customers. I had worked in other occupations, like working in a community bank. So I was used, I, I never wrote any poetry while I worked for seven years in the bank. So I was used to it. I saw with car dealerships, you see the full range of social spectrum of society. All ages, all groups, all problems. It really is like a soap opera. And that, there are the nutty customers as well as nutty staff. There are the interesting customers. There are those real hard balls that you have to deal with. Um, and it really is so close to the reality of life. And for me, I made, I made the best social contact 
of my of any working career I've had, or being able to go to the pub after work, have a few beers, have have a really good time and conversation. While other occupations I've done, you could barely you didn't want to socialise with the people you worked with, or if you had to socialise with them, it was more like a torture. You had to sort of go for it, just be nice to them, um, and it was really opened up my horizons and my confidence as an individual. Well, see, you discovered the secret to us car folks that have been lifelong, which many of my listeners are. Many of my guests have been, although I've had some guests that have come into the path of enlightenment, let's say, car enlightenment. They've got that ignition and that spark from the plug. And see, I can ride a little bit too. Not as good as you, but I'm trying here. So give me, give me, give me a chance, John. But the thing that you've learned is this passion we car people have is contagious because it's what we love. It is infectious infectious and what i think what i've captured with my artistry they say is i've been able to communicate into words and language the emotions and feelings felt by millions of people but haven't quite been able to knock the nail on the head to express it in that way with showroom wonder it is this generic story of the customer's journey to buy a car and that can be at any stage of life Everyone can relate to that story. Yeah, yeah. And it is a sense of euphoria and excitement that that customer feels as they go through that journey. They are at the end. They have got their dream. They are blessed beyond their wildest dreams, so to speak. Well, you've said it right. I'll tell you something funny, John. I had a... Uh I used to have to drive and commute to work every day. And when I lived in Southern California, one of the cars I had was a 1984 Porsche Cabriolet. And I would drive that car to work every day, top down. I once went 300 days without ever putting the top up because in San Diego, it hardly ever rains, right? Uh, unlike where I live now and where you live. And my license plate on that car was U-F-O-R-E-A, Euphoria. <laughs> and yeah. Euphoria, right? Exactly. So I want to ask you this question, and it has to do with what I call our driving inspirations. When you relate to where you came from and where you are now as an automotive enthusiast, combined with your artistry and your poetry, what has been that driving inspiration for you? Other than that colleague who said, hey, write me a poem, what has been the driving influence from you? Yeah, I, w I was thinking about that today, actually. And, uh, and it actually, my dad's car, uh, my dad passed away 34 years ago, but the car we had when I grew up and sort of teenager my dad had a, a, a Morris Traveler. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and they were the you know, iconic car. He absolutely loved that car. We got in and out. And obviously one day my brother, who was learning to drive, didn't stop the car in time when there was a bit of rain and it, it, and it hit the back of a parked car and it crumpled the car. And, and my father had the car out the front before he eventually got scrapped. But he loved that car but he was so upset it got damaged because that was his pride and joy. That, that was his second Morris Minor he had because he had one after my parents married, which were in the 1960s. And it always had that, that made a lovely sound. And then you had those lovely curves. They had a character where it looked like it was, their eyes were shining at you and that big smile of the, of the, of the radiator door. Yeah. And I also remembered that. And that gave me sort of that sense of, nostalgia and style uh, and that and that was sort of 
in in the you know the back of my mind, and it was always there, even though I might have forgotten it as I was went on and did other things with my life. So I would say that you have become a car guy, a true blue car guy. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yes, you have. Yes. Okay. And uh, it, it is that um, I get further inspiration to write more things. Um, I did a factory tour of the Morgan Motor Company over in Melbourne in Worcestershire back in June. Oh, cool. Oh, and I even took out and I hired out uh, a plus four for an hour without, you know, out with the instructor. And I had that amazing experience of driving that around the Melbourne Hills of Worcestershire to experience that car and to see how those cars were made, the hand-built cars. And that's got me some ideas about things I want to write for the Morgan Motor Company. Um, I, and uh, I was very well received by the staff there. They were quite amazed. You know, there was somebody that writes poetry about cars and is passionate about it. And then I, I did um, the other one. is I did a, a tour of Norwich, who's got the Lotus car plant. And it was really, I got an inspiration of something completely different, which I'm working on, got the draft on, is I saw, as they were explaining to me the two different engines that go in there, where they've got, they got a Toyota and they've got a Mercedes one, they've got the supercharging and the aspiration thing. Well, after I visited there, it ringing in my ears was the Mary Poppins 1964 Sherman Brothers supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Oh, yes. <laughs> and that's the story where she was at the horse race and won the race, and, and then a, a reporter pursued her, and they couldn't go and find a word, and she came out with that lovely supercalifragilistic. Well, I've actually come up and then writing a completely one, which is a super something something uh, lotus, and <laughs> it's coming in. And but I probably now need to take some singing lessons <laughs> and be able and get the umbrella. What, what do you want to pop out the car? Okay, then probably have me on a wire, and then I want to go and do the, my own draft. I want to do is about the the super something Lotus. Um, so we get get the ideas from so different areas. I, you know, someone thought well, if it's coming, it's coming. I want to just go with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, my car journey has been quite interesting because I found there was a lot of interest after I did my showroom wonder performance four years ago that I really started getting a bit of celebrity status just around the locality about this guy that uh, you know, uh, recites poetry and performs in Kerr showrooms. Let's meet this guy. They want to get copies of my poem. And my poem, which I started to share with my colleagues at work, and then I started putting them uh, into uh, uh, frames, and then I was giving them out to other people I met in the pub, uh, the bar, or, or at social events. And give ideas. So it started to spread rapidly around these films, copies of Showroom Wonder. So there were suddenly there would be copies of it uh, in the sales office of car dealerships uh, around my locality. And a lot of the car salespeople knew the words and could recite it. Nice. And even the service ones, um, I had the copies which were in the Mercedes dealership within the uh, workshop, and the mechanic guys were reciting the poem. They're loving it. So it really was getting known that that poetry was inspiring the lives of salespeople, service people, in ways that no one thinks that was actually possible and could happen. 
And I uh, got so infused in January 2020, I thought, I have to go out and let my poem be known to more people. So I decided to go and do a tour of a motor group um, prestige garages uh, dealerships across Leicestershire. So I went round from the you know, Lamborghini, um, Bentley, Porsche, um, the Audi, BMW, all those ones there. And I wanted to basically doorstep them. Says I'm a showroom poet. I've got to got an event poem. I've got a copy on the here. I can recite them for you. I went and was selling myself me. Um, I, I got a bit of a cold shoulder when I went to the Bentley one. So no one even wants to speak to me. So I had to avoid that. Um, and then I, when I went to the Porsche Centre is in Leicester, they already had copies of poem lying around, which were probably unauthorised one. They already aware of it. Uh, and loved it. And I was standing up in the, uh, in, in the showroom, standing up in a 911 Carrera, reciting the poem in the showroom. <laughs> and the staff enjoyed it. And I did the same again I did for at the BMW dealership. And I got, uh, I got asked to come, you know, can I go and recite it again? You got more staff wanted to see it. It was so infectious. Um, me doing, bringing out the attentions of the salespeople really infused them. Uh, I saw where well, there's an opportunity now to say, well, let, my, let myself get known to some of the middle managers within the motor group, to the executives, because maybe there's something here that's of value to their motor group. But as soon as I was bringing the attention to the middle management, you suddenly were hitting a, a, a level. Uh, I, I, I seem to call them empries, which is middle management morons, that, 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 that the, as soon as you put a bright idea to them, they're killing it. It goes now, it's destroyed before it gets to the executive. So that was my experience. I did get a bit of a breakthrough in getting his knowledge because I sent um, a copy of my poem to an executive of Lamborghini in Italy. And then I got um, a, a letter back from Lamborghini thanking me for the poem, which they really enjoyed. There you go. Uh, I fortunately weren't able then to make use of it. I, I, and, and that became my acknowledgement. Look, I'm doing the right thing. You know, there's people out there that are loving what I'm doing. Um, and in 2020, uh, I went back into a car dealership. It only worked out for two weeks because we then had the pandemic. And I started a job on the 9th of March, 2020. On the 23rd of March, I was out of a job with everyone else. So it really, really sort of set things back as far as me trying to launch my my ideas. But in that year, I did get acknowledgement coming from uh, really letters of acknowledgement, really quite fantastic ones, coming from Mercedes-Benz from the UK and also from Germany. But they enjoyed the poem. Um, but, I, I, but oddly enough, is I wrote to, in that same year, to over 100 motor groups the key executives, the people in the marketing, and not one of them acknowledge I exist. Yeah, so I've been trying to get myself known to the British automotive ones and their complete closed minds. Um, I, I, and it's strange that I may get responses from Italy and Germany, from Germans and Italians and other things, but when you're presenting this up to, to the middle ones, it's they, can't, they haven't got any creative and commercial vision about what you're doing. You see, maybe this has a psychological play to it in that the passion is lost in that group. There is no passion because from us automotive enthusiasts who are buying the cars, we're passionate. The people at the top who are building the cars, they're passionate. Maybe it's that middle layer that needs some enlightenment here. I don't know, you know? I, I tried to explain this. I came across a book last week 
if you've ever come across the Peter Principle, Principle, that was a book published in 1969. It seems to explain where you've got hierarchies, that you've got the rise of individuals at levels of competence, and they will reach that level where they can't go any further, and they have achieved incompetence. Thus, they peter out, right? Yeah, so that, that's what I'm experiencing there. And I did have a big change because I bought a brand new car June of last year. So I was, um, I bought myself an Audi Q2 SUV and I, I got it from the, uh, over in Tamworth for the uh, main dealership there. And I had, a, I had a, a request for my handover was I wanted to recite and perform my showroom wonder poem in the car showroom around the very car that I was buying to the two friends that were escorting me and for them to video it. Well, you probably think that was a normal request. Well, it was the strain. It was a starting point for me to push my passion further yeah. because I was the only person who's got performance right to be able to do that in the car showroom. And they said it had to go to the Motor Group's head office and to Audi UK for permission. So it came up to a week later for me to go and pick the car up. They still heard nothing. So uh, I believe they might have decided to avoid the question because in all of their career, they've never been asked that somebody wants to go and recite their poem in a car showroom <laughs> about the process of buying a car. They've never faced it in their career. So I decided, you know, what I do, I shall write to the, the, the MD himself in the UK. And I got sort of ignored there. So, well, you know, if I'm getting ignored, I'm not going to get my, 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 my handover performance. I'll have to go to the key people over in uh, Volkswagen AG in Germany. Um, so, I, so, I, so I put together my thoughts and ideas and presented to them. And I got a, a rebuff from them, from one of the uh, executives, not actually from the executives, but from one of their assistants. So, you know, and it was in total contrast to communications that I've had in my dealings I had with Mercedes-Benz, which were absolutely excellent. But the, I had a funny turn of events was, uh, I, the very first door that opened for me was to actually present my concept of showroom wonder. I did have a meeting set up, and that was of all places you could possibly imagine was the best car showroom in the world. I went into the Rolls-Royce Mayfair London. Wow. And I met a guy there, looked at my concept idea, Rolls-Royce didn't need to have showroom wonder because they had it in bucket loads. They, uh, and it was a fantastic experience. Uh, it was worth the trip. I even got to sit in the showroom to sit in a Rolls-Royce and the experience was incredible. As soon as I sat in that seat, I thought something was massaging my back. It was really comfortable. And as I stretched my feet into the car mat, oh, I could feel it sink. It was like, uh, it was like fresh moss that you'd find on the mountain. Nice <laughs> soil, softest car I've seen. Oh, I've never experienced one like this. So that's given me the passion to say, you know, if I'm really going to arrive in style where I want to go, I'm going to get, get a Rolls Royce. Yeah, no kidding. And I will perform my poem around the very car I would buy. So I have to then create that opportunity. Absolutely. Wonderful. So I like to play car psychologist. Okay, I'm going to crawl into your head, which is a very creative place. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, as a vehicle, not what you want to be, though. This is 
the man in the mirror, who you perceive yourself deep down inside, as a vehicle, what would you be and why? I'd be in the 1930s Rolls Royce. And why is that? Well, it, it, a Rolls Royce, it, it just fits the description of one of my lines of my poem. Of doors open, seat trim exposed, as heavenly undressed. <laughs> now, there's a unique answer to that question. <laughs> That's very, 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 very cool. You know, another thing that we love here, and since you are a writer, uh, are books. And I'm wondering if there's a great book you'd like to share with our listeners today. Well, yes, actually, the book has just arrived yesterday, um, which I had ordered, and I've been looking through it. I've been quite excited. I've just had coming from me, it was with John Nicast, Rural Britannia. Oh, John, yes, I know John. He's a friend of mine. Yes, yes. You know, yes, he did. So um, I've that's that, that come today, and I really like the section they have on the Morgan, Bearing in mind my um, my visit around the factory in 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 June, so what I'm going to do with reading this book is quite different to other is I'm going to sit there and kind of read it, absorb it, taking the pictures, and I'll, what I'll do is I will have a notepad against me, and when I get inspired, I will write further poetry, prose, and commentary that comes as I go through the pages. There the, you the, go. The, the, the book for me is a bit like an encyclopedia or dictionary. So I'm there to find the linguistic landscape of the words, the feelings, and expressions from there that will inspire me to create something quite different. I love it. That, that resonates with the pages. Sounds good. Well, John, I've known John a long time. He's been a guest a couple times on this show. I uh, just ran into him this past summer during Car Week at Pebble Beach. So uh, there you go. A wonderful book by John Nickus. That's awesome. So let's go on the ultimate drive. I'm a bit of an enabler. I'm going to provide you with any car in the world. If you want a Rolls Royce, I'll park it in your garage. You can take it on a drive. But here's the key. You can take anybody with you, including somebody from the past that's no longer with us. So that opens up a world of opportunity. So what does the ultimate automobile drive look like for you? Ah, oh, right. Well, I am I get the feeling of driving a, a 1960s or 1965, I don't know the model, Lamborghini. Ooh, okay. Uh, and who I would like to take as a path is Grace Kelly. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> and why Grace Kelly? The great elegance, the femininity. So the great icon of a former of an earlier age. And, you know, she was killed in the, in the car crash now just about forty years ago or thereabouts. And I can obviously remember the the great tragedy that was for Prince Rainier of Monaco. And but my first as I chose her is like hers like a, a fairy tale romance. And then there was the tragedy of the ending. So you've got the the great the connection with the character, and she drove. Iconic car. Which Lamborghini are you thinking about? Mid sixties. I have a I have a Mira in mind. Well, I'm not so au fait up with the particular models, but what I keep seeing is the lovely, curvaceous, open tops. So that means it would be a Lamborghini Mira Roadster, because the top comes off of that car. Okay. And, and Grace will have a nice, beautiful scarf blowing in the wind. And uh, this might be improper to say, but we'll let you stay at the wheel instead of her. Okay. Well, yes. 
Yes, it will. Yes, that will be better. I might have better driving. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, John, I knew this would be very interesting, creative, wonderful to speak with you. And I will say when you first reached out to me, I kind of went, I don't know about this. This is kind of different, but I'm so glad that we got together and you could share what you do with my listeners. Uh, We'll make sure that we put links to your LinkedIn and YouTube page so people can go and see and read and learn about what you're doing. And I want you to stay in touch with me uh, as far as new things that you're doing. Could you leave us with some parting words of inspiration or wisdom or maybe a couple quotes from your poem that could excite our listeners? Oh, yes. So I suppose if I will always want to do is it, what really excites me as a poem is when the, the they want that that feeling of taking that car out for a test drive, and the cell imagine your mind this phrase: touch if you must, put drive into thrust, test those road hugs as it tugs with sweet cat purr, rising into full lion's roar. <laughs> I love it. I'm right there with you. And the one thing which I will arrange, which is before the year is out, I'm going to arrange with um, a publisher in the UK, uh, in the US, that copies of Showroom Wonder will become uh, available to the US market. It's currently, it's only the, uh, getting distributed by word of mouth through myself here in the UK. And I'm sure that individuals would want to have their copy of the poem up on their wall or in their office, where they're admiring the very words of Showroom Wonder. Well, you let me know when that's available so I can announce that to all my followers, okay? Oh, yes, I can. I, I will do. John, I want to thank you for being so generous with your time and sharing your creativity. Uh, you're just something very new and unique, and sometimes that's met with closed doors, but other times people who are more enlightened will open a door and say, now this is quite interesting. And I know my listeners today are thinking that way because we're all automotive enthusiasts. Uh, Welcome you to the fold, if you will, of the world of automotive enthusiasm. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. I'll see you down the road and uh, we'll speak soon. Absolutely. This has been wonderful. I'm honored to say that my charity of choice here at Cars is Tech Force Foundation. They help young people find an education and career that aligns with their passions. For those who love cars, problem solving, and working with their hands, a career as a professional automotive technician is the perfect fit for a fulfilling life. We're all wired differently, and not every successful career demands a four-year university. Technical education and the skilled trades matter, and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn more about how you can support tomorrow's driving force and workforce of technicians at techforce.org, like I do here at Cars Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.